Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Off in the Asses, a podcast focusing on the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I'm your host, Stu, and on today's show, lap one, turn one causes early mayhem in the GTP class. Meanwhile, plenty of spins and some questionable moves highlighted some of the difficulties that drivers had with traffic, and we saw one of the strangest moments of the season so far that still has people scratching their heads. For the first time since 2014, IMSA returned to Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And for the penultimate round of the championship, the 14-turn 2.439-mile track played host to all five classes of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, as well as a number of support series races. Now as we get into the on-track action, it's always nice to not have really any significant incidents out of the practice sessions to talk about. I mean, there were a couple of small incidents, a couple of spins, bit of contact, but really nothing noteworthy. Although Ricky Taylor in the number 10 uh, did go off track and get a little bit of damage in warm-up for the race, but there were no issues getting that car to the grid. What was noteworthy, though, was the number 7 Porsche Penske Motorsports 963 swept both of the practice sessions with the top time. And spoiler alert, this would be a recurring storyline for the rest of the weekend. This speed would also carry over to qualifying, where the number 7 Porsche, driven by Matt Campbell, would set the fastest GTP time and take pole. He set a time of a 113.672, and he would be joined on the front row by the sister number 6 Porsche of Matthew Jaminet. The closest non-Porsche GTP competitor would be the number 60 Meyershank Racing Acura, who is about two-tenths off pole. They really needed a good run this weekend in order to keep their championship hopes alive. In LMP2, it would be Ben Keating in the number 52 PR1 Matheson Motorsports entry that would take pole there. While in LMP3, it was Garg for Junior 3 Racing. And the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW put in the fastest lap time of all the GT cars, also taking pole in GTD. And in GTD Pro was the number nine FAF Motorsports Porsche driven by Klaus Bockler that took the pole for that class. He was very close to Paul Miller Racing in that number one's time. He was about a half-tenth off what they set. Now, if you're interested in sports car racing in IMSA, then you're going to enjoy the Rain Race podcast. Fellow YouTube creator GT Rain and myself dive into all of the recent news around the world of IMSA and the WEC while keeping you up to date on recent race events and answering fan questions. You can find links below to both the live show that we do, as well to listen to the show on your favorite audio platform. Alright, fast forward to Sunday and we would finally get to see for the first time in years what IMSA racing looks like at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And it didn't take long to show. On the first turn of the first lap, mayhem struck. And it started when the 0-1 Cadillac Racing entry got a great run in the slipstream of the leading Porsches. Sebastian Bourdais, who was driving the car, pulled to the outside going into turn one to make it three wide. Now, in case you haven't previously seen any racing on the IMSA road course, turn one is a corner that frequently sees chaos. It's a wide corner on entry that quickly narrows up on corner exit, and it leads to 
regular incidents, especially at the start of race or on race restarts. At the beginning of this race, it would be no different with the three wide racing that I was just describing leading to the first incident. Now, as Bourdais made it three wide going into turn one, he was now on the outside of the 24 BMW. The two Porsches managed to maintain their positions. He got together with the 24 BMW and the 01 ended up being spun around. Now, during the spin, the 01 was hit by the number 60 Meyershank Racing Acura and sustained some front end damage. And this threw debris throughout turn one. Now, looking back on this incident, I don't really think any driver is in particular to blame here. It was kind of an unavoidable racing incident. The number 24, I mean, they didn't really have anywhere to go. They were already three wide with the number 10 Acura on their inside as well. And with the way that the track narrows up there, if you're three wide, then contact is pretty much inevitable. I suppose you could make the argument of don't send it three wide into turn one, but these are race car drivers. If they see a gap and they have a run like Bourdais did, then they're going to try and fill that gap. They're going to try and take advantage of it. And in this case, just didn't work out. Now, believe it or not, the rest of the prototype field would be able to navigate all this chaos without any significant issues. Now, a full course yellow would be thrown shortly after in order to get some of this debris cleaned up, but not before the GT field took the green flag. And on the GT start, the number nine FAF Motorsports Porsche would get hit with a penalty for changing lanes prior to crossing the line and take them out of contention for the win before the race even really began. For me, who's a FAF fan, it was pretty disappointing. Now, this full course yellow was a bit of a lifesaver for the Zero One Cadillac, who, as I mentioned, sustained some pretty heavy front end damage in the incident, but they were able to box under this full course yellow using emergency service and get that car repaired. Unfortunately for them, with the penalty that you are handed out basically as a result of taking emergency service that pretty much dropped them out of contention. The track will get cleaned up and after things went green, there were a lot of incidents in this race. It's not really possible, I don't think, to touch on all of them, but there was everything from silly spins, mistakes just leading to contact, over-aggression that basically ended the day for the number 20 LMP2 entry, and overall, the driving standards, especially in the first half of this race, weren't really up to the standard that I was hoping for. At the end of the day, Indy's a pretty short track, and there was a pretty large grid for this race. And I just hoped that we would see a little bit better behavior, especially with it being so early in the race. At the 41 minute mark, the full course yellow would fly yet again for a pretty scary incident here involving the number 18 era motorsports LMP2 driven at the time by Dwight Merriman. It looks like he just lost it coming off of the final corner and he came to a stop right in the middle of the track at the beginning of the front straightaway that was really blocking a lot of the track. It was a pretty terrible spot to be stuck in, but thankfully Dwight Merriman did exactly what you want a driver to do in this situation. Just held the brakes, didn't try and do anything crazy and just hoped 
hoped that nobody was going to hit him. Thankfully, nobody did hit him because that would have been a very scary incident. However, there were some cars that very narrowly avoided hitting him. So a good job to all of those drivers, but also a great job by IMSA. They pulled the trigger on a full course yellow pretty quick here, but based on where that car was stranded on track, this was totally the right move even though that it led to a stoppage in the racing, which you never want to really see. This was totally justified and really glad that we got to see that full course yellow thrown so Dwight could get that car pointed in the right direction. Now the ensuing full course yellow led to a ton of pit stops, driver changes, but the biggest moment actually came after the pit stops were complete and the class splits were taking place. You see, during the class split procedure, the number 31 Cadillac actually passed the two leading Porsches. Absolute confusion ensued from the broadcast teams, fans, I'm sure the teams didn't really know what was going on either. And throughout all of this, Pippo Durrani and the number 7 Porsche were just side by side behind the safety car as we were trying to figure out who's supposed to be the leader. We finally got clarification from IMSA that the number 31 Cadillac was to be the race leader. And it's all because of a rule that I'm going to read you. Rule 46.5.2 has to do with class split procedures and what drivers of various classes are supposed to do under this procedure. The part of this rule that I want to highlight is that cars not following the instructions of race control in a timely manner may lose their positions to cars responding as instructed. Now, as it's understood, the two Porsches did not respond to race control in a timely enough manner where the 31 did, and therefore the 31 was eligible to pull out and pass those two cars for position. A tremendously confusing moment. Nobody really knew what was going on. And honestly, I'm sure we're probably never going to have this conversation again because now that teams are hyper aware of this, they are going to make sure that they are lightning quick on the draw in future class split procedures. Now, after all this confusion was cleared up and things went back to green, the 31 was the leader. And to be fair... Pippo Durrani held that lead for quite some time. He would build up slight leads through traffic and then the Porsches would catch up. This back and forth would go on until about the 1 hour and 40 minute mark when heading down the front straightaway, the number 31 of Pippo Durrani and the number 7 would both lock up going into turn 1, the 31 going slightly wider, the 7 being able to overtake him and the sister number 6 Porsche would follow the 7 through and into second place. This is all ultimately the move that would decide the GTP class win, even though the number 6 and the number 7 Porsches, they had some moments shortly after they made some contact on the, I'll call it the infield straightaway, but this is ultimately how the top two would cross the line. The number 31 would be overtaken on the final round of pit stops by the number 25 BMW M Team RLL entry, who would ultimately go on to finish third. The win is the second of the season for the number 7 Porsche Penske 963 that's driven by Nick Tandy and Mathieu Jaminet. And we're going to talk about just how all of this affects the championship picture in just a minute. Before we do though, in LMP2 it saw the number 11 TDS Racing entry of Steven Thomas and Mikkel Jensen rebound with a strong second half of the race to take the win in LMP2. They crossed the line ahead of the number 8 Tower Motorsports entry who, big shout out, 
out to Dan Goldberg, who did a great job filling in in that seat this weekend. And the podium was rounded out by the number 04, CrowdStrike Racing entry. In LMP3, well, Riley's reign is over. The number 17 AWA Duquesne of Anthony Mantella and Wayne Boyd picked up the win there. It's wild to say this, but it's the first points-paying race of the season that the number 74 hasn't been on the top step of the podium, although they still had a pretty good race themselves, rebounding from a qualifying crash to finish second. The number 30 Junior 3 racing entry rounded out the podium. In GTD Pro, the number 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes, well, they went on to victory virtually uncontested. In fact, Jules Gunion of WeatherTech Racing would say that he felt like they were essentially gifted the win after the mistake by the number 9 Faf at the start of the race. The number 23 Heart of Racing Aston Martin and the number 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus would round out the podium. And in GTD, there was some pretty good beating and banging that would go on in the final closing laps, but but it was ultimately the number 57 Windward Racing Mercedes that would go on to take the win. Philippe Ellis and Russell Ward managed to beat the number 78 Forte Racing Lamborghini to the line after a hard battle that saw the, the cars really rough each other up on a couple of occasions in the closing laps. And although the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW managed to lead 48 laps in this one, they were passed by both the number 57 and 78 and had to settle for third. In some support series notes, the Porsche Carrera Cup North America was also present there this weekend. Riley Dickinson swept the weekend's races, and in doing so, wrapped up the championship there four races early. We finally saw a different winner in Lamborghini Super Trofeo, as Kyle Marcelli and Danny Formal's perfect season is no more. Ryan Norman swept the two wins at Indy, with the duo of Marcelli and Formal finishing second in both of the races, and in doing so, they have locked up the championship for Super Trofeo. And then there was the Michelin Pilot Challenge, who, in my opinion, their four-hour race that went into the night on Saturday was probably the most entertaining racing of the weekend. The battle for both classes went down to the wire, but in GS, it was the number 57 Windward Racing Mercedes that crossed the line first, with drivers Daniel Morad and Russell Ward. They beat out the number 27 Lone Star Racing Mercedes to the line by just around half a second, and they were also in a heated battle with the number 47 Nola Sport Porsche of Elliott Skier in the closing laps. Unfortunately, they had to box on the final lap to top up on fuel. And in TCR, it was the number 17 Unitronic JDC Miller Motorsports Audi of Mikey Taylor and Chris Miller, who pulled off a late race, the final two minutes of that race, a pass on Robert Wickens to pull out the win there. Looking at the GTP class standings, it is the number 31 Whelan Engineering Cadillac who retake the championship points lead with 2,460 points. It is such a close battle here. I cannot wait for WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca and Petit Le Mans to see this championship decided as the 31 only has a three-point lead on the number 10 Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport Acura. Don't count out the number six Porsche Penske Motorsport entry either. They are a whopping five points 
behind the leader with the number 25 BMW M Team RLL 38 points back and the number 7 Porsche 73 points back. In LMP2, it's number 11 TDS Racing Entry that leads with 1,680 points. They are just 20 points ahead of the number 52 PR1 Matheson Motorsports Entry. In LMP3, it's number 74 Riley Motorsports Ligier that has basically locked up the championship there. All they have to do is start the final race of the season. They have 1,838 points. That is 244 points ahead of the number 17 AWA. In GTD Pro, the battle is also virtually over here with number 14 Vassar Sullivan Lexus leading the way there. They have a 188 point advantage over the number three Corvette Racing Corvette. There is still a battle for second, third, and fourth here though between the three, the 79, and the nine that will be worth watching heading into Petit Le Mans. And in GTD, the Number one, Paul Miller Racing BMW doesn't even have to show up to the season ender. They have locked up the championship there with 3,331 points. That is 405 points ahead of the number 27 Heart of Racing Aston Martin. Well, there we have it. Only one event remains on the MSO WeatherTech Sports Car Championship calendar. And as we head to Petit Le Mans, it's sure to be a, a great one. I'd like to give a big shout out once again to all of the Patreon supporters. If you too want to support the show, then you can head to patreon.com slash off in the S's. Once again, though, thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone has a great race weekend and doesn't go off in the S's.